0: Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. (laughs) Today's podcast recorded the first Monday of 2022. Back to work today, I am, after a bit of a blizzard through my area of the state, because I work outside, so... Just weren't really able to work in blizzard conditions Building fences But the plan is to be back out there today Lots of wind today though, so I don't think we'll be climbing up any ladders to pound T posts But uh, might be stretching stretching fence today So in this early dark morning Wake up and ponder state of affairs the ongoing slow rumbling beast that is the United States of America. This weird crazy country of ours. So much potential, but also so much tensions and anxieties and stresses that are in some many cases are like deliberately pursued. You know? There's there's like a there's like a deliberate methods of agitating people and to make them fearful and angry and hateful and resentful and there's people in power that deliberately push people's buttons to make them mad and angry and, and in some cases even violent encouraging violence and people use their power to try to divide the country that really is where we're at you know there's a, there's a big and it, we're at a weird state because it's a uh, the divide is not geographical. It's not. It's not really even socioeconomic, really. I mean, there is a wealth gap, and that's that's part of the thing. But it's 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 like a multi-layered divide. You know, there is the wealth gap. You know, there's a tiny percentage of people who can who have vast control of the economy, and uh, they're highlighted all the time. You know, we talk about how much the Dow Jones Industrial Average is going up and stuff. So if you own a massive ownership stake in those companies. And it's, you know, Dow Jones is going up by thousands of points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're making a lot of money. But if you don't own any shares in any of those companies, you're getting nothing, you know. And and the Dow Jones Industrial Average has gone up over 10,000 over like 20 years or so. It's gone up massively. And so there's been massive gains in the economy. And if you own the economy, You know, in the most literal sense, you actually have an ownership stake. Then, yeah, you've made tons of money. Uh, During the uh, 2020, when uh, 500,000 Americans died, Jeff Bezos got to go on a rocket ship to space, and his net worth increased by several billion dollars. Just a mere four years, three—well, actually three years after uh, Republicans cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. Do you think the two are connected? Well, of course they are. Yeah. The, the reason that billionaires' net worth increased by billions of dollars while at the same time our society was collapsing it is directly related to the Republican Party cutting taxes for the wealthy and corporations back in 2017. It was a law that Donald Trump signed into, into law back in 2017 just a few months after becoming president after running on a primary campaign of building a wall that Mexico would pay for the first thing he did was cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations it was amazing how they were able to do it because they bragged about it they celebrated in front of it Paul Ryan called it the crowning achievement of his career tax reform And tax reform, when the Republicans say tax reform, is a euphemism for cutting taxes for the wealthy and corporations, thus creating a budget deficit, which is when the amount of tax revenue you're bringing in is less than the amount that you're spending on various federal programs. So the Republican Party deliberately did this on purpose, created a budget deficit. They cut the amount of money they were bringing in to pay for stuff on purpose, let's bring in less money so that we will have a budget deficit an active budget deficit we will be spending more money than we will be bringing in right off the bat and let's just do that for a while and because we're doing that that'll give us an excuse to cut expenses entitlements is how Mitch McConnell refers to things like Social Security Medicare Medicaid public education and infrastructure investment Mitch McConnell the Senate minority leader refers to those types of programs as entitlements but he would also refer to a bailout of a large corporation as a necessary thing and also like a, you know, a tax cut for wealthy people as necessary or something you know those types of things are entitlements you know so he's kind of back he's a kind of a backwards ethically and morally he's kind of an upside-down person, you know. He's uh, not a good human, Mitch McConnell. But uh, the Republican Party is kind of full of them. When you take the leadership, you know, you l- start listing off the names that are prominent in that organization, and it's uh, it, it's not a list of role models, you know. It's not a list of uh, people that I would want my children to aspire to, you know. Paul Gozar, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham. Kevin McCarthy, you know, Gozar, Jim Jordan. Um, this is not Mar- America's best. Matt Gates, Devin Nunes, former Republican, now a loyal subservient to Donald Trump, this is going to be the head of Donald Trump's new media calamity, whatever, it, you know. There's there's people, it's amazing how, what people are willing to do and what what, what sort of self-respect they're willing to sacrifice in order to gain some kind of financial or power edge, you know, Devin Nunes is certainly one of those types of people. Uh, He's willing to be subservient to Donald Trump if he thinks it's going to gain him some power and prestige that he can use to, you know, whatever, increase his estate, I guess, you know. The Republican Party is able to get away with it. The main defense that most people have for voting Republican is, well, uh, oh, the Democrats are socialists, or something. You know, they'll, they'll they'll just kind of regurgitate stuff they heard on Fox News. You know, their excuse for revo- voting Republican is the Democrats are this and that. You know, and kind of ignoring the the elephant in the room. You know, on the official U.S. presidential ballot, there is not only two names on the ballot. So a long list of names. And then on the very bottom of that list, there's an option of writing in. So never in a presidential election do you have the option of only choosing one or the other, ever. That That's, that's not what it is. Obviously, it's presented like that in the media. But the actual literal reality of the situation on a presidential ballot is you can vote for any of the names any of them you can you can vote for whoever you want only one of them yes and if you don't like any of the names listed you can write in a name mickey mouse gets votes all the time you know there's sometimes people that are they're so fed up they'll just vote for a fictional character and in a certain way in 2016 and that's kind of what happened you know we obviously didn't literally vote mickey mouse but we kind of came as close as you could get to voting for, like, a, a persona. We voted for a persona, a character. Now, the character and the real guy have the same name, but they're two kind of two different people. You know, the real Donald Trump is a, you know, an, an epic failure. You, you know, that's kind of what he's known for, bankrupting companies. Donald Trump and bankruptcy are kind of synonymous. You know, they're one and the same, you know. He's just... A failure. Now he was born wealthy and into affluence, but he used his wealth and affluence to achieve nothing. You know, just failure after failure after failure, and again on big, massive stage. You know, but for whatever reasons, in the early 2000s, he was rewarded with his own game show after his sixth bankruptcy, and it looked like the f- the last one. U.S. banks were going to stop lending him money. He was he was a joke. He was a has been. He was done. He had been a D-list celebrity for quite a while but now he was finally done but the producer of a game show thought he would be a great host and uh, made him the star and the show became a big hit it was a game show called The Apprentice and that's what it was it was a game show it wasn't reality TV it was a game show I'm not really sure what that that term gets kind of overused a little bit Um, the original like Reality TV was more like a kind of a documentary was just you get a bunch of people And then you just kind of film it, but there is still kind of Editing and stuff and to make it more interesting It's still a produced show you know But the apprentice was far more removed from that kind of reality TV kind of thing I mean it's still within sort of the arena of it the Venn diagram. There's there's some crossover, but it's more closer to a game show you know it's kind of a cross between game show and reality TV but he was the host and it became a big hit and then in 2008 when uh, Barack Obama became president Donald Trump started saying racist things about him claiming that Barack Obama wasn't born in America Um, it was weird it was stupid it was him doing anything he could to garner more fame and publicity and it was unabashed and blatant and obvious. Uh but you know news outlets fell for it and put him on TV and put a microphone in front of his face and let him speak and you know gave him airtime uh, free publicity so that he could spout out nonsense about the president just weird stupid racist stuff and that's what it was that's what it was that's what it was yeah questioning a person's nationality simply because of what they look like yeah that's that's called racism yeah you're not an American because you look like that you you couldn't have been born here yeah it was blatant racism um, no matter how it, yeah and then trying when you when you go down that rabbit hole and, and try to Find a way to f- prove that he was right in some way, but he wasn't. It was all made up. Just, you you got to try to avoid doing that kind of crap. You know uh, it was all made up. You know like Barack, Barack Obama was born in Hawaii, and Hawaii is a U.S. state. The fact that Barack Obama's father was born in Kenya is really irrelevant. It doesn't. It's not. It doesn't matter. You know. He was born in Hawaii, and that's that's what we look at, where the person who is running for president was born, not where their parents were born. That doesn't matter. But, you know, Trump has been doing that kind of dog whistle racist shit for decades, decades. It's how he became famous in the first place. Him and his father refused to rent to minorities back in the nineteen seventies and they were sued by the government. Um, and it's been an ongoing theme. Yes, there is a picture of him winning some kind of civil rights award in the early 80s And that's you're going to be like aha see no he's not because here's this picture uh, What did he do to win the award? How did he win the award? What you know that kind of thing and then what about the other stuff? You know the, the paying for the New York Times ad or New York Post whatever when it was demanding that the death penalty be, be brought back he was positive positive that the five teenagers accused of a crime were guilty and he was positive because of what they look like okay. racism blatant unabashed overt not subtle at all okay no he's not wearing a swastika or some shit or wearing a you know a white hood covering his face remember the KKK thing no he's not that obvious and overt But yes, he is a racist. That's an ongoing thing. That is who he is, and it's been a part of his story for decades. I don't know why the media gave him so much airtime during that time. God, it was so frustrating and annoying, you know? And then they try to, like, be in the middle of it and try to not just. The best thing they could have done is just not air his ideas. Who cares that he's the host of a hit show? It doesn't. So what? you know, like what's, what's that one actor, uh, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was in casino and, uh, but he, he's a real conservative guy. He's a good actor, but you know, his, his ideas are kind of out there sometimes, but his opinions aren't news. You know, if you want to hear what he has to say, go to, go to his podcast or listen to him on an interview or something. And that's what should have happened during the, uh, Trump's the host of a game show, and he wants to say racist things. Period of time. Back says Hollywood wants to cover it. Entertainment Tonight, that kind of thing. TMZ, great. You know, he's a D-list celebrity, host of a game show. You know, he wants to say racist things, and those, you know, celebrity outlet news things want to cover that. Great. You know, it doesn't need to be covered by. NBC Nightly News, though, or CNN or MSNBC. It's not really news in that regard. He's a celebrity saying dumb things. Celebrities say dumb things all the time. Who cares that he's saying these things, you know? But, you know, they broadcast it on the news, and they gave him tons of airtime, free publicity, and he, he can he used that sort of platform to start a campaign Presidential campaign is is umpteenth time running. He'd been running for president since the early '90s, mostly as just a publicity stunt. And he was doing it as such again this time. But this time he, for whatever reason, he just had more traction. You know that he was playing on people's fears and resentments and ignorance and stoking the fire. You know, um, taking advantage of the fact that there is a divide there is people there are millions of people who get their news from Fox News you know a propaganda station millions of people every day turn on Fox News watch it for hours to learn about the world and that that is how they are forming an opinion on on what is going on in the world and they are making voting decisions based off of what Fox News is telling them Donald Trump certainly understands this you know you're talking 30 40 million people who who are deciding how to vote based off of what Fox News is telling them and what do you think Fox News is telling them vote republican of course <laughs> that's the gist of it obviously if you're voting you know if you're watching Fox News quite a bit what organization are you going to be voting for the republican party and that's going to be regardless of your socioeconomic standing you could be making minimum wage and you're going to be a diehard republican What are those Republicans that you're going to vote for going to do? They're going to cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. What if you're working for one of those corporations, making minimum wage? Is that corporation going to raise your wage if they get a tax cut? Why would they do that? (laughs) That's dumb. Um, No, they're going to use the extra money to pay a bigger dividend to the shareholders and, and possibly a bigger bonus to the execs. Um yeah that's what's going to happen. Why would they pay you more money? That's not what it's purpose is. Um you're an expense. Yeah. If if you're making minimum wage at Jack in the Box, McDonald's, Wendy's, Home Depot, Office Max, Applebee's, Big 5, you know, etc., etc., etc. Then you're an expense. That that's it an operating expense they need to keep those expenses as low as possible so that they can optimize profits and they can use those profits to pay dividends to the shareholders and execs to the bonus the reason and the purpose for the entity that you are working for its purpose and the reason that it exists is to benefit the people that own the entity and the main people at the top of the entity that help run it And as long as those people who are running it at the upper upper ends are continuing to benefit the shareholders Well, then the shareholders will continue to allow those people to run it Yeah Its purpose is not to benefit you the employee Now yes Some of the people that are in management positions of the corporation may genuinely care about you the employee They're they're going to have a a, a limited role in how much they can truly benefit you uh, because they're going to be under corporate control. And the corporation's main purpose, regardless of what sector of the economy it is in, is to benefit the shareholders, to increase shareholder value, and and the execs also benefit as well. The operating expenses of the corporation need to be kept as low as possible in order to optimize profits and the expenses the main expense of a corporation is the employees. Will some corporations in the future pursue automated options i.e. robots and artificial intelligence to make the operating expenses of said entity even lower than they currently are? Of course! Why would they not pursue said action? Corporations have no feelings they are not alive. Its purpose is to increase shareholder value. That is it, regardless of what sector of the economy it is in. So, you, diehard MAGA fan, making minimum wage, working at Jack in the Box, the person and organization that you're voting for will make sure that the company you are voting for has more money know that corporation you're working for is not going to use that extra money to give you a bonus they'll give you a bonus if you're one of the execs you wear a suit and tie every day but if you're one of the lowly employees actually working at a specific location getting paid an hourly wage wearing a uniform doing the actual work of the company you know um, jack-in-the-box is a you know a fast food establishment they serve food they stop doing that and all it is is, you know, some fancy people in, in suits sitting around a table, well then the value of Jack in the Box obviously goes down considerably. If zero people who currently work at Jack in the Box show up to Jack in the Box, well the value of Jack in the Box goes down dramatically because they would be ceasing to be in business. The entire business relies on thousands of hourly employees to show up each and every day, and to cook the food and to serve the food and to collect the money. If they stop doing that, well, that that company's going to run into some problems pretty gosh darn quick, and those uh, execs and such are going to be, start getting pretty panicky. It's of course why most corporations are are very, are going to do whatever they can to try to prevent their employees from unionizing because they don't want to have that unexpected stop in production you, know, you got to maintain production because paying those execs and keeping those owners happy requires money to be constantly coming in you know those those people have some pretty massive salaries you know the CEOs of big massive fortune 500 companies they're making millions a year you know sometimes 25 30 million a year and sometimes a few years after those companies are paying those CEOs that kind of money those companies are going bankrupt gee I wonder why So it, it's, it is important to understand that about the Republican Party that is what they are They are the organization that protects the interests of the wealthy through tax cuts for the wealthy and tax cuts for corporations This is their primary objective. It is what they do they will tell you all kinds of other stuff And one of the main messaging is to get you very uh, angry and hateful and resentful towards the Democratic Party. Of course, ignoring the elephant in the room that the Democratic Party is not the only other option. So regardless of what you're... However negative you feel about the Democratic Party, it's frankly irrelevant. There's not really an excuse to vote for the Republican Party if you're not wealthy. Because they are not representing you. Now, they will toy with your emotions... People have very strong emotions on a wide variety of different things, topics, things that are going on in this world. And the Republican Party is more than eager to take advantage of your emotions and to manipulate you and to get you to vote for them based on those issues so that they can then cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. Now, once they do cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations, which they did four years ago now, just well, over four years ago now, actually, yeah, because it was 2017. It'd be almost five years, I think in March of 2017, I think it was. It was very shortly into Trump's uh, term. But now that they did that, some of those other things that they got you all riled up about in the first place, well, now they're getting to those too, like in Texas. Texas passed an unconstitutional law that says that uh, they're going to use taxpayer dollars to provide bounties to people... To turn suspected abortioners in. Um, yeah. So but that's that kind of stuff is what got you riled up and got you to vote for them. We're gonna we're gonna make abortion illegal and off, offer no alternatives or solutions to a problem that we are going to be creating. Uh Quite a nightmare situation that the Republican Party is creating down in Texas. Um, they're going to ban a medical procedure and make it illegal, and and then that's just it. Severe punishments if you try to get one. Oh boy, um, <sighs> it's uh, it it's hard to even imagine the 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 shit storm that what like it's kind of an existential kind of weird how do you even process what a government is forcing people into like it's kind of a wow that they were able to get away with it Um, kind of a wow that the Supreme Court said we're willing to hear this case you know uh, I understand people's as best I can opinions towards abortion and their uncomfortableness with it and all that kind of stuff. But I just, uh, the going so far to, to actually make a medical procedure illegal and severe punishments if you get it. And then trying to justify your position in that matter by referencing the Bible. That's who I I don't know how that happened. It, it's very frustrating, and I think it's one of the reasons why I started drifting away from the church. Even though I still am a Christian, I don't really go to church much anymore. Uh, there was something off about how people were manipulated on the abortion issue. Um, abortion should be a legal opinion. That that sort of stance, is uh, it's not empathetic. It, it, it's just not. It, it's not putting yourself in someone else's shoes. It's not trying to understand the situation. It, it's it's you know it you no know, this is this and and we're gonna punish people who any who does it and it's just it doesn't solve problems and you know it, it's not thinking forward you know Um so let's, let's play out the scenario that there's there's a woman who gets pregnant and it's an unwanted pregnancy for whatever reasons that we're not even get, we it doesn't isn't really relevant to us the only it's only relevant to her and her doctor the specific reason why it it's not in her best interest to proceed with the pregnancy. Again, what the specific reasons are really irrelevant to strangers, basically. You know. it, it it's not really our business. But she knows that it can't proceed. Okay? But, there's this law that passed that says that if she does not go through with it, and how the government man even knows, that's another thing. Like, why does he know that she's pregnant? Why is that? It's very confusing. I don't even... But anyway, there are places that offer certain wide variety of medical procedures and uh, medical assistance to... Well, people and, and, and spe- in some cases specifically women and they offer a wide variety of different things and why that woman is going to that medical clinic Planned Parenthood let's say Planned Parenthood does not just do abortions they do a wide variety of things so I'm confused as to where the government man sits you, you know like there are a wide variety of different medical procedures different things that medical pro- professionals are capable of doing why is the government man in there what you know is he, it's just, it's, it's, uh, I don't, uh, I don't understand it because it's, the government man said, no, you will do this without trying to uh, un- understand the psychological effects of the human being that you are mandating, have this child, you are legally required to do this. Even if it's like she's not even showing yet, <laughs> like, what? You must commit to the next nine months. It's, you know, it's 10 weeks yet. She's not even showing yet. And she goes into uh, Planned Parenthood. And then an hour later, she comes out. Why is government man involved in that? What's in? It's very confusing. And, and again, I they, understand because they get certain, well, a bar, a life begins. At cons-, and I, I get that that's what you're going with, but. The law part you believe what you believe and I and I I get it But the law man and how does he fit in and then and then what? You know this procedure has existed for thousands of years and it's existed for a reason What is your solution to the to the issue when? A woman who has decided she cannot go through with this pregnancy for whatever specific reasons and they're not really again They're not really relevant um, But she can't and then the lawman says no you must or you will be punished or whoever does the procedure for you will be punished well then what that then what like <laughs> i it's just because the the only the the responses from the ant, the anti-abortion crowd tend to just go backwards. Well, you shouldn't have or, 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 well, that's how, that. What are your solutions? You're now legally mandating this person have a child, that is going to that you know will be brought into the world. Will be that has to be taken care of and all that stuff. It's a lifetime commitment and all that sort of thing. And at the time that this person was considering this procedure that has existed for thousands of years, they weren't even showing yet. It was ten weeks in. It takes nine months with pregnancy to come to full fruition but now you're legally mandated that they go through the whole process under severe punishment that they don't and then no solutions no alternatives nothing it's uh pretty dire you know and you can scream from the mountaintops about life beginning at conception and all that sort of thing and you know it, it's kind of ignoring elephants in the room we're talking about a s- things that are going on inside of a woman's body like and the legal and a lawman saying what's going on inside that woman's body is part of is like a separate entity that has its own and it says what uh i don't i can't understand the logic of it that that's that it's the size of like a a peanut right now is its own individual thing now separate from the mother huh that hasn't happened yet it may like even if the woman decides to go through with it things happen she may not even if she wants decides she wants to it you know it's (sighs) it's just very frustrating because, uh, you know because the Republican Party years ago was able to cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations they were able to check that off their list right away then they eventually did get to this other real draconian type of stuff this real just sort of authoritarian suppressive with no solutions type of stuff we're going to punish people if they try to get this medical procedure Or if someone tries to help them get that we are going to punish them and we're going to use tax funds to provide a bounty to anyone that seeks this out and then we're gonna offer no solutions because we're we're talking you know the very thing that they're trying to you know save life yeah life okay so now you're forcing this life to be brought into the world now what (laughs) what are your solutions you're creating problems and offering nothing It's just, oh well, shrug your shoulders and then just more rhetoric and nonsense and uh, get people fired up and angry and pissed off and screaming and yelling about life beginning at conception or whatever. And then that's it. And it's just kind of a circular argument that goes nowhere. It's like the government man is now making certain medical procedures illegal. Okay? If you're anti-abortion... Speak your mind and offer solutions and alternatives. You know, if your main thing is trying to reduce the number of abortions, speak your mind, offer alternatives. What kind of alternatives can you offer? You know, and understanding that some things in this world you're going to be uncomfortable with. You know, you're not going to agree with everyone's way of life or whatever and every decision that every person in this world makes. You live your life, you know. Live by your own code, you know, um, and understand that, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of things that go on in this world, you know, um, that are dark and whatever, and, you know, sometimes people have to do what they have to do to get through this world, I guess, you know, and I don't know, it's, uh, I'm definitely a small government person, so I don't, I don't like big government, You know, I don't like government meddling people's personal affairs like that, you know, dictating to them what is good and bad for them. It's big, you know, overreaching government. Government dictating to people what medical procedures they're allowed to have, what bathroom they're allowed to use. Why is government man meddling in that kind of stuff, you know? Like, what? You know, um... That that seems like it needs to be more like a case-by-case or something. I mean, I I don't know. There's lots of weird things that get government starts meddling in that just seems kind of... It shouldn't really be their role. The federal government shouldn't be dictating to people what plants they're allowed to grow and sell and have in their possession. That's not really what the government should be involved in. I want to grow cannabis. I should be allowed to grow cannabis. It's a plant. It exists in our world, and it has certain therapeutic qualities. Regardless of whether the government man disagrees, you know, this it it just is what it is. It's a plant that exists in our world, and it does have therapeutic qualities. That's just the reality of the situation. Punishing people because they use the plant is wrong, and it's big government, you know, and it needs to stop, you know, but. Republican Party is very for those kinds of things, those kind of oppressive, authoritarian, kind of, you know, suppressing and dividing the working class. They love that kind of stuff. You know, punishing those that step out of line. You know, you want people to be loyal and subservient to the corporate world, to the corporate empire. You know, and a lot of corporations have strict cannabis laws and stuff. You know, like if you're caught, I was. I was tapped on the shoulder one day at a job I had. I had been temping for three months and had just like two days before been given a contract for, you know, full time employment. I'd been smoking cannabis while I'd been working there the whole time because, you know, it was uh, processing utility documents and it was very fucking mind numbing. And so the only way I could do the job was by a little cannabis before I get to work and then sometimes a little bit at lunch just to keep my mind sharp and limber. However, people's perceptions are of cannabis like it isn't just purely whatever couch lock or whatever the heck but anyway it was ecova but they had a strict uh, anti-cannabis i guess but not if you were working the floor as a contract employee they were totally fine with that i guess they never drug tested me once but just before us to hit the floor as a full time with ecova that's when they just kind of tapped me on the shoulder said nope we're going to Escort you out of the building right in the middle of your day because you tested positive for cannabis I Told them right there. I have epilepsy. I use cannabis to control my seizures, and they basically said we don't give a fuck No, he didn't say fuck but because he was a corporate clone and he uh, you know sp- spoke in various corporate verbiage To indicate that he didn't give a shit Yeah, the fact that I had bought it at a legal dispensary across the block <laughs> um, Again irrelevant you know, you are a person who use cannabis, therefore you are not allowed to work here anymore. Welcome to the corporate world. Yeah. So the corporate very much like people to be a certain way and you got to fit into a certain box. So cannabis people are those others and they're not welcome here. You're, you're not allowed to work here because you use cannabis. That means you are a stoner and lazy, you know. The fact that at the time I was running 30, 40 miles a week playing rugby and, you know, was a college graduate and all that kind of stuff, again, irrelevant. The fact that I was doing my job well, it was always on time, I'd had great numbers during the three, four months I'd been a contract employee and had proven myself, hence the reason they had offered me a full-time job. Again, all of it, irrelevant. I tested positive for cannabis. Therefore, I was not able to keep my job. I was not an air traffic controller or anything like that. I was sitting in a computer at a in a cubicle staring at a computer screen processing utility bills. A mind-numbing job indeed. But this is how corporations work. And they certainly work in cahoots with the Republican Party to, you know, to enforce these kind of things, to make sure that certain kind of things stay in place, maintain the status quo, allow corporations to have a massive control over how our society and an economy runs, you know. And have, you know, an economy that's caters primarily to the corporate interests and the wealthy people who own them. So I think, you know, my main goal over the last several years is to try to Wean myself off as 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 many corporations as possible, but it's tough because they they own the economy. They're everywhere you know, it's in some communities. It's probably nearly impossible to not Use corporate locations, you know for at least something, you know Grocery shopping and such, you know, probably like you got Safeway and Albertsons and stuff and they're basically the same company. I think You know, there's, so there's a lot of those. I mean, there's a lot of communities where you know every single restaurant, pretty much, is going to be a corporate one. All the fast foods will be there, and then even a few, you know, bigger chains, Chili's and Applebee's. So you got McDonald's, Jack and Box, Wendy's, Burger King, and then you got an Applebee's and a Chili's and a, uh, you know, uh, an IHOP, and then maybe a TGI Fridays. So like every single restaurant. Is one of the big chains and then 50 miles away there's another town that has the exact same group of businesses and this this cookie-cutter format has been going on for decades just slowly and just slowly sort of you know muddling things I guess and just kind of a lot of towns just sort of losing any kind of real identity is kind of they get kind of sludgy looking, you know, just kind of cookie cutter and hurried and Generic My hometown is, is certainly one of those towns it it kind of started for me with with the Walmart, you know, they they clear-cut some wetlands and uh, clear-cut a bunch of forest Actually, they then they actually did it twice. They they clear cut a, uh, this vast area of woods, and then uh, to build have ready for a location. And then it was like, well, that's not the right spot because it's underneath the Navy's flight plans, flight patterns. So then they moved to this other spot on the edge of town. They cleared out a bunch of wetlands. I just can still picture what it used to look like. It was pretty. It was, it'd be, you know, it, was it was wetlands. You know it was you know, priceless land that should have never been developed ever, 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 you know, but, you know, the town of O'Carver was like, no, we need a Walmart, and there's plenty of people that were against it, but there was plenty of people that just drank the Kool-Aid and wanted them to come to town, and so it did, and uh, yeah, all those gorgeous wetlands in the woods above it, all clear-cut, and now this big fancy homes on that hill, they're so gaudy and stupid looking, it's, um, I find them to be an eyesore. I wish the woods were still there, but, you know, it is what it is. And so, uh, first it was the Walmart, then uh, the Albertsons, which changed to a Safeway, uh, and then um, a Blockbuster, which changed to a PetSmart, which now is something else now, I think, I can't remember. And then across the street that started developing a few years later, so now that's like a mod pizza grocery outlet, all that kind of stuff. All of it corporate. Every single every single location in that area now is all corporate stuff. Not a single thing is a locally owned business at all. So that is massive amounts of monies that is going into those locations. That's just leaving town. Yeah. Because the owners of those companies do not live in Oak Harbor. Maybe there's a few shareholders of those companies who live in Oak Carver. But, uh, yeah, the vast majority, you know, shareholders of uh, Safeway, Walmart, um, you know, Big Five, Wendy's, McDonald's, Jack and Box, all that. Most of those shareholders of those companies, the owners of those companies, do not live in Old Carver. Um, and even the people who, you know, own the specific locations, you know, they, they still, again, huge portions of the monies. That is spent on the locations is, is goes to the corporation, you know. It's just yeah. But it is what it is. You know. So uh I do notice my hometown, it's it's just a little more dreary. There's there's attempts to kind of like try to perk it up in little sections while other sections get a little bit more depleted. Just more dirty. I notice more trash laying around and stuff and I notice the misfit population, kind of increasing. It's always been there, but they're sort of outcasts where they they just don't really fit in anywhere, and they can't get the fuck out of the town. And so you just kind of get some crap job, just try to figure it out, and then just kind of maybe hope they can get get out of the town. But it takes money to move, and it's hard to save up if you're just, you know, working at Les Schwab or Walmart or whatever the heck, earning minimum to maybe a smidge more, and crappy apartment that you have is 800 a month or something you know um, makes it pretty tough to save up and get out of there so you just paycheck to paycheck in the in the truest sense and it's not really a whole lot of money that's like circulating in the town and staying in the town there's lots of money that's just leaving you know it's not coming back to them so So hopefully there'll be, like, more small businesses in the future. Hopefully people, because people have the choice, you know. It, it's not just voting. It's how you spend your dollar, and that's one of the best ways to vote is your dollar. You know, you don't have to go to corporations just because everyone else is doing it, just because they're marketing all the time. And their image is just marketing. You know, your perception of them is just marketing. You know, uh, that corporation doesn't actually care about you. You know, I know that's what they do in the commercials and they'll have the people in the uniform. They're smiling in the ad and all that stuff You've been to those locations. You know a lot of those people aren't really like happy all the time That's it isn't what they aspire to be they're doing it because they need a job and uh, Nothing is free in this country and nothing is entitled or whatever, you know Everything you got to work for you want to go to a doctor you want to have the right to be healed if you're sick You need a job Yeah, you got to have money. (laughs) You want to get an education? You need money. You want to buy food. You want to have a place to stay. You want clean drinking water to drink. Yeah, money, 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 money. All of that costs money. Yeah. And so nothing is guaranteed. You have to work for everything. If you're not born into the food class. No, yes, if you're born into the food class, you will never have to work ever. You do not have to work. You can if you want to, but it's not really required. Um, Yeah, if you inherit 400 million dollars like Donald Trump did you do not have to work ever No, no, you do not Okay, now if you want to great ideally if you're gonna work work to Better the world You know why not do that you already have if you're inheriting 400 million dollars You already have all the wealth that one could ever have that's plenty, you know 400 million a billion who cares 400 million is virtually infinite Okay you inherit that much money invest almost all of it huge portion of it 300 Million or so or whatever into a fixed am- fixed annuity that earns about four to five percent interest and then uh, And then just immediately start taking annuity payments. You could probably take Well, you could easily take something like ten twenty thousand dollars a month. That's a nice little A, a, certainly a reasonable living allowance you know you know most people would be pretty ecstatic to be earning that kind of money but uh, to get that kind of money every single month forever just automatically regardless of whether you're doing anything um, it's certainly going to you know make things pretty easy you know 20 grand a month or so every month tax-free pretty much um, or minimal taxation, if any Because uh, the annuities are taxed much different. you invest the entire big massive amount in an annuity, it earns interest, and then if you're paying distributing that that money in annuity payments it's it's taxed at an extremely low rate, if not if basically not at all, so you know basically virtually guaranteed income forever once you die, you could just you know. Will that to your descendants, and it'll it'll just continue on indefinitely. Ten, twenty thousand dollars a month, forever. Obviously, with the four hundred million you inherited, you know, you buy a decent-sized house, a million or two, put an f- extra million or two aside for property taxes and all that sort of stuff for the rest of your life. So you have yeah, the house paid for in full, no mortgage at all, just property taxes each year, which you can more than afford because you got plenty of set aside. And then you got $20,000 a month coming to you. You do not have to have a job if you want to. Again, you can go get one, but you don't need to work. So, um, you know, we, we gotta, our society has to figure out a way to understand that like there's like wealth. And then there's like people that just keep going way beyond wealth. It, it, it's like these absurd levels of wealth that I don't think people... It's like we just think anything above that is just, well, it's just wealth. They're all kind of the same. And it's like, n- n- no. There's these massive jumps. You know, people that are like exponentially more wealthy than the other guy. And the guy that they're more exponentially wealthy than is already more exponentially wealthy than the average person. You know, each of those little jumps on the wealthiest people list. Each time, each number down you know the the value of their wealth drops quite a bit you know the top person is like 30 billion the person in 20th place or whatever is maybe in the low single digit billion so that's thousands of millions of a difference just between those people you're talking huge difference in wealth whereas you talk if you took the 98 percent you know the or maybe like the 95 percentile you know the the person on top 5% might have a net worth in the you know single-digit million or something Whereas the person in the fifth percentile might have a net worth of you know basically zero? You know so a difference of maybe a couple million And that's you know hundreds of millions of people between them You know the, the difference might only be a couple million in, in like net value or whatever you know among the working class but the difference in value of the people in the top 2% is massive, the, the difference between them. You know, and even when you get into the top tenths of a percent of the socioeconomic ladder, there is still massive differences in value between those people. So we've we got to figure out a way to, to curb that. And you, we're still going to have wealthy. Um, having taxes on the wealthy does not mean socialism. Having hospitals and schools doesn't mean we're a socialist country. We, we do not have to m- become a society where every every single thing is publicly funded just because we have hospitals, schools and even a, a basic stipend for the people. You know how to use, how they decide to use that money is up to them and what they decide to work at to earn more money is completely up to them. And in fact, in a society where healthcare is a right, education is a right, and everyone gets just a basic stipend, those people certainly have more choice and more say in what it is that they do for a living. Yeah, obviously. There's plenty of people that work a job simply because it is where they get their health insurance from. But if healthcare is just a right, then you don't have to work a particular job just to have health insurance. Healthcare is a right. So work the job that you want to work, that you're best suited for. And maybe it is not a corporate gig, you know? So and maybe there are certain people that, in the past, have considered a small business, but then when they thought about the healthcare costs and stuff, and you know the overhead, and they're just like, "Ah, I'm not sure." But maybe in a society where healthcare is right, education is right, and there is a basic statement, a little bit more of a foundation for the citizens. Maybe it is easier to make more calculated risks for the small bus- the aspiring entrepreneur. Maybe it is. It's a more fertile ground entrepreneurialism, when healthcare is a right, education is a right, and you have uni- you know a basic stipend for the people, universal basic income, freedom dividend, whatever you want to call it, there is still plenty of competition, true competition, because right now we don't have it. You know, um, there's socialism for corporations. Corporations are treated as this very important entity that much must be catered to, and you know, government programs used to assist those entities um, but not necessarily the specific boots on the ground people working for those corporations but just the entities themselves and then those entities use the money that the government gives them to well, do <laughs> to do what their purpose is to pay out dividends to the shareholders bonuses to the execs and to keep operating expenses as low as possible that's why some corporations, when they their tax rate went down, they started firing employees and laying p- employees off. Because yeah, their, their objective is to keep operating expenses as low as possible so that they have more money to pay out the shareholders and bonuses to execs. Buy local, shop local, you know one of the things I like about my town is there there's very little corporate influence the only corporate influence is basically just the banks there's Banner Bank and Wells Fargo and Key Bank so it's three kind of big banks bigger banks thankfully there's no uh, Chaser although Wells Fargo kind of bad but I don't bank there um, Banner It's a l- little more of a regional bank hopefully they stay that size they're already getting a little too big though but anyway no uh, no Walmart or Kmart no fast-food place where I'm at which is nice It's part of the appeal I don't know how long we'll be able to keep them away I'm sure at some point because all it takes is someone with money who wants to make money and that and that's their pure objective they don't really care about the culture of the place that they want to make money in or whatever or the identity of the place that they people who want to make money want to make money And, and, and if your objective purely is making money well, then there's, this economy is ripe for it, especially in the corporate world. I mean, corporations don't care what the culture of your town is or whatever. Its purpose is to increase shareholder value. So if it thinks it can increase shareholder value by building another location in your town, regardless of whether your town has never had a fast food place and it doesn't wouldn't fit with the culture of the town, a corporation doesn't care. If it thinks it can increase shareholder value by doing that, it's going to do it. So, you know. You have to you have to be diligent about keeping them out of your town if you want to maintain your identity so i think i'll call it there good hour-long rent to start the week getting ready for work building fences in the cold and right now it's still dark really. So stay safe out there. God bless. This is Gary. Thinking out loud.